beauty. I got the sun streaming in from outside as well. Um, remind me to come back to that because that was a really big key symbol for me this morning. I'll just do a really quick introduction. Here we are, believe it or not, podcast number 17. Podcast is called, I have to actually check in with myself and <laughs> make sure the early onset dementia hasn't confused me and allowed me to or facilitated some kind of memory loss, but I'm pretty sure we're calling this podcast Conversations for Men and Women, not Conversations about men and women, just conversations for men and women, right? That's what we're calling it. Number seven, then. Shit. Um, this one's on grief. Pause, deep breath. Um, yeah, and it wasn't that long ago that I wouldn't have had much to say about that, that concept, that topic of grief. But, yeah, I've got a fair bit. But I know, for one, that you are in the more immediate experience of grief right now. and being someone that's relatively personal and open when it comes to expressing everything, I'm also mindful of the fact that you're not quite as geared in the same direction, perhaps as publicly as what I am, Chad. So, look, I'm just going to ask you openly, how are you, man? How are you feeling? Yeah, thanks, Dane. I um, yeah, I guess I'm in the I'm in the shock phase still at the moment. That, that was a shocking bark by Shadow in the background as well. I, I noticed we're on video feed here. Um, and, yeah, there was, a, <laughs> there was a pronounced little shoulder lurch that came with that, with that bark in the background. Um, both of us kind of just did a quick flinch. So, anyway, it's, um, I think that little puppy dog situation sorted shadows alive and kicking as far as i can tell still uh, we all good there chad yeah i'm all good yeah <laughs> i guess it was um you know in process in process work terms process work counseling psychotherapy terms we'd call that the world channel world channel the, the the barking dog channel what was what was shadow trying to say um he was actually just trying to annoy the other dog. Like what, stage, what stage of grief did you say you're at right now? Shock, just as he barked. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's what's shocking? What's what's shock feel like for you? What's your understanding of shock or experience of shock? Yeah. Well, I guess shock is unexpected. Shock is a. You know, if I was really to close my eyes and feel into what shock feels like it's it's almost like they're clenching of your body you know you swallow your breathing and swallow your emotions you know i feel like um you know in counseling psychotherapy terms we say that we swallow our emotions you know and then they come out sideways and i feel like you know with grief and loss there's a lot of that there's a lot of swallowing emotions at the start because it's it's almost like we don't breathe. Most people don't breathe when they when they're shocked or when something unexpected happens. You know, and you've only got to really think about if you're driving a car and someone pulls out on you. It's almost like that big <gasps> breath that people take in. 
And then what that does is that stores a lot of energy, a lot of trauma energy in our body. And, and as we go along, you know, this has been compiling right through our lives since the day we were born. Every little shock we've had, every little scare, every bit of grief, every bit of sadness. And then what happens at, at all stores in our psyche. And I think what a lot of people don't realise, and I didn't realise, was that um, it's got to come out and, you know, that energy's got to, it's almost got an intelligence of its own and it wants to come out. But it generally comes out in symptoms. And it comes out sideways and it comes out in anger. It comes out in sadness, comes out in, you know, if we, if we talk about the, the stages of grief, since that's what the topic's on today, you know, it talks about you know, the stages of grief explains <clears throat> this cyclic nature, you know, and there's the nine stages of grief, there's the seven stages of grief, there's the five stages of grief. You know, for me, I like to keep things simple, you know, and, and it's not like a line, it's not like a linear process, these stages of grief. You know, a lot of, a lot of psychologists and counsellors and a lot of the theory around this stuff talks about you know, we, we progress through these stages of grief and then and then it's gone, but it's not, it's 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 cyclical, you know, and each time it goes around. I feel, you know, if, if we can process it and let a little bit of this emotion out somehow, you know, whether it's through a ritual, whether it's through journaling, through prayer, through meditation, through speaking to another person, sharing it. It, um, it, it takes a little bit of an edge off each time, you know. So for me, I guess, right at the moment, you know, I'd say I'm, I'm, I'm in the anger, you know, the, the anger phase. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing between the anger, the acceptance. You know, I'm, I'm probably in all of them right at the moment because um, I've just had some relatively new news that are, a man who was almost like a father figure to me um, for the last 10 or 15 years um, passed away. And if I'm completely truthful, I don't really share much about my story on this podcast, but that's probably part of my fear, you know, which I, I need to work through. But... You know, we um, we had a small disagreement about about a topic around uh, probably close to a year ago, and we hung the phone up and we never spoke again. You know, and um, and that to me is is probably really what I'm. You know, that's where the anger is coming from at the moment, that such a small little thing that really none of us are right and none of us are wrong on most topics. Like how much do any of us really know about any topic really? Like if, if I was to bet my life on a particular topic, there's not many topics I don't think that I could actually bet my life on. Yet sometimes when it comes to arguments and 
an ego is getting away and fear gets in the way and, you know, survival, I guess. We go back to survival when we're in arguments a lot of the time. All these energies that I'm, I just spoke about and explained, explained about uh, come out. And it wasn't even an it wasn't even an argument. It was just a just a disagreement. So I guess you know, learning this process. You know, I'm I'm glad that I know this process. And if we get stuck in one process, we get stuck there. You know, and that's what I'd say about grief. You know, there's. There's plenty of people that are still telling the same story that, you know, their wife left them 15 years ago or, you know, their partner was this or was that or this happened to them and they lost, whatever the, whatever the narrative is, whatever the story is, they haven't progressed through these stages of grief. They don't understand the process and that's probably why I wanted this topic to be relevant because like anything in life, if, if we don't progress to the next thing, we get stuck. And if we learnt the same thing every day at school, we wouldn't really evolve and we wouldn't finish school. So yeah, it's... Um, I'm just glad that I can experience this with awareness and consciousness. No, it's um, it's sad. It's disappointing, but it's also a reality, and this happens to many people on a daily basis. You know, somewhere in the world, a lot of places in the world, someone's losing someone every day. Whether it's through a relationship breakup, through a friendship breakup, through a death, whatever the particular topic is. And it's not just as easy as get on with it. You know, I think I think we live in a society where we just want to get on with it. But if we don't actually stop to feel our emotions, they're going to come back and bite us sideways. So I guess I'd ask you, Dane, what's your what's your relationship with grief and loss? I'm just going to say out loud where I where I'm at right now, and I overuse, but find no alternative to the use of the word energy. So energetically, where I'm at right now is feeling um, really moved, feeling what I'm interpreting as um, my association with your energy, Chad, as I look at you on the computer screen here and, and feel the resonance in your spirit, feel the tone in your voice, hear the tone in your voice. And I'm feeling really, really moved. I feel um, a little bit of an upwelling actually, perhaps the same energy that you referred to uh, that comes with the sudden shock of the, the deep inhalation. Um, at the moment, a dog barks or a car sideswipes or a person um, has passed away and we hear news of that um, unexpectedly, a partner leaving us. Uh, in my case, I know what that shock feels like too. Um, you know, I... I took a little internal ha-ha moment to myself when you described <clears throat> the various stages of shock um, in, in number from some, sometimes it's described as the nine stages and 
then the seven, uh, there's the five stages. And you said that you like to keep it simple. Um, in my mind, I was like, yeah, I like to keep it so simple. I just want to keep it to one stage, just the get the fuck over it stage. <laughs> and there I am <clears throat> giving you a little bit more of an insight of the kind of person that I am. I like to get things done quickly. And um, paradoxically, I think when it comes to grief, and again, my karmic path is to experience grief from what I interpret uh, energetically as the, um, the shocking communication of the news to the experience of what becomes my grief. I, uh, I don't get over it quickly. I just go straight into denial quite well. I'm pretty good at it. My ego's, um, my ego's well, well versed in the language of, um, suck it up and and move on you know get on with it uh which is surprising to hear myself say that out loud i haven't actually made that admittance to myself or others before but um grief is definitely alive in me right now as well though i'll say out loud and hear myself telling the truth or otherwise as i do that it it feels like in my most recent incarnation of prominent grief that i'm almost through that process almost um i know that i'm getting closer through the cyclic non-linear hopefully forward expansive progression of that because i find myself uh not only entwined mentally with the um with the energetic feelings that are hard for me with relation to that grief uh so it's not as frequently consuming me or it's not as frequently alive in me but i think even more importantly for me chad is that in the direct experience of those feelings um, that are no longer what i consider to be denial but um, closer towards acceptance having already done the anger um, and and now basically just sitting with an experience that is is for me still carrying a sadness um, and loss, but an integrated experience of acceptance of those feelings. And the acceptance for me is um, an experience of actually feeling like I can live with this and it's coupled with the notion that um, I believe I'm doing the right work and gaining consciousness around it um, and therefore that gives me even more reason to feel more comfortable with it as I get closer to the end of that specific challenge within the timeline of my marathon, <laughs> within the marathon of my timeline called life, that specific marathon, and they're all overlapping with all sorts of different challenges along the way, emotional, physical, and obviously spiritual all intertwined. I can actually, um, I can actually feel that I'm almost there. There's a big part of me that, has also noted to self that I'm pretty heady when it comes to trying to work through stuff. Um, again, referring to grief right now. Uh, again, surprises me to hear that. So hear myself say that out loud. But I am as spiritual as I like to believe I am. I like I know that you can be too, Chad. And like every one of us out there has a tendency to sign up to the cultural paradigm of thinking that I can think my way suit through this beautiful man said to me yesterday um, when I referred to making meaning of things with respect to what 
I've been experiencing in the marathon of grief recently or in the fun run of grief recently. <laughs> it's like that's all great, but the meaning comes from the integrated um, embodiment of that knowledge of that information that you're trying to compute. And so we both actually agreed that a better term for making meaning with our minds of things is to try and make sense of things. And we both agreed that basically the mind continues to be a fairly integral part of this body-mind-soul connection, whatever we want to call it. And so it's impossible to dismiss completely. We're not enlightened yet. We're not you know, basically reborn into the God realms yet. We're still human and the mind's going to play a part continuously. But in trying to use the mind less for um, coming to conclusions that are inconclusible, <laughs> um, not capable of they're, they're trying to make trying to make set, trying to make meaning out of things that are actually beyond comprehension. Um, that's where we want to let it go. Trying to make sense of things with our mind to the extent that we're actually creating um, creating an understanding, a cognitive um, processing of things that leaves us in uh, aha. That makes sense. That's great. Then what we can do is actually see with the experience within our body if that sense that we've concluded is actually sensible for us, if that does leave us with an embodied experience that resonates, that vibrates, we test the hypothesis. That's what I bang on about all the time. Great. Come to some conclusion with your mind that whatever the conclusion is, it's not necessarily going to be be on Dendor because everything changes moment in time. It's every stage of the way going to be different to the last, but we test the hypothesis of the sense we arrived at, the sensible conclusion that we arrived at, and how does it feel as time goes on? I'm feeling pretty good right now that the, the expansive feeling I'm, I'm leaning into right now is moving me in the right direction. And look, I like to tell, talk in terms, Chad, about two steps forward, one step backwards. Um, I know that this is a circular ride and that I'm intentionalizing it for to be a upward moving spiral um, that basically allows me to move, move into places of, of higher consciousness. And that's all I really intention for myself. And I always couple that for those around me. Last but not least, what I do do, and this is my question for you, so we can actually go a little bit deeper over the next 15, 20 minutes with specific respect to this, if you choose is when it comes to grief, man, I always try and identify as much as I possibly can within myself, what is it that I'm actually grasping for as a result of that, um, as a result of that loss? And that's what we refer to grief as. I had to check in there. The loss, grief comes from loss. I think we're all pretty safe to say that that's, that's, an interlinked term there. Grief comes from loss. What what is it that I've lost? Is it that is that that beautiful dog that I loved all my life, or is it actually the fact that I don't feel the same without that dog? What is it that doesn't feel the same within me? And what is it that I'm externalizing to to my beautiful dog that's passed away that I can't find within myself? And I'm not I'm not saying that we can't actually. Um, continue in our human way to ex- express our, our longings through the, you know, through the bringing of others and other things to us. But I do always come back to my higher self, which believes that we can 
generate internally all these things to the extent that there's actually never a sense of loss at that point of enlightenment again or whatever it might be human experience the fun run marathon and challenges along the way are going to keep on coming and it's all very real and yeah i'm really feeling every part of what you said man i really thank you for it and yeah i'd love to love to know more about what your association with internal loss might be if it's not asking too much thanks dane i um what you said then about making making sense of something is something that I've really has been has been in my field. It's come into my awareness through a few books, through a few podcasts, you know, and, and how we we sense, you know, we experience the world through our senses. You know, when we it's almost like you know, we're getting these sensations, we're getting these senses that come through our stimuli, whether it comes through, you know, we've got our basic five senses. You know, and then I feel like we've got we've got a, you know that sixth sense, which to me is intuition or that deeper that deeper knowing. You know, so for me to make sense of something is probably something that most of us don't do, because, like you said earlier, you know, we we aren't our thinking. And in the current state of the world and technology, the way it is, and Everyone's got a phone in their hands and there's no time to actually feel into that intuition. We've, we've got so much stimuli, we've got so much sensation all the time to block out any of this intuition. It's, it's almost like we think we finish at our neck. And most of us would think we finish at our neck and we can think our way out of every problem. And that's where I think we've lost our way. And I know for me, Throughout my life, I had so much trauma and I had so much bottled up emotions and there was no no one there to show me how to get that out. I, I didn't know the practices I know now. I didn't know that... You know, I, I have a heart mind and I have a head mind. You know, and, and the joining to those things together makes me whole. When those two come together, I become one. You know, and I feel like that's what a lot of these spiritual and religious teachings are trying to tell us. You know, the the original word for religion, I think I've shared this before. You know, and that, and that word there could could make people stop the podcast. Just me, mentioning the word religion in two thousand and twenty-two, and I'm not religious for anybody out there listening, but I do like to trace back on how we get to where we are and why I think the way I think, why I experience the world the way I experience the world. But that that word, the the base where that word came from, you know, means reconnection, religare, and that meant reconnection of the head, mind, and the heart, mind, reconnection of head and heart. And that's that's the journey that I'm on now. You know, so that the way I can the way I can make sense of 
of what's happened to me is that this it's coincided with with a big chapter of my life. You know, yesterday I, I just had a pain in the heart all day, and I felt off, and I didn't know what was wrong. I thought I'd eaten something that had upset me indigestion-wise, you know, and then I got this news last night. But paradoxically, um, this man was a great teacher to me, you know. This man was, um, he taught me a lot about life. He taught me a lot about recovery. He taught me a lot about why why I was the way I was. You know, and then, and then another man came into my life and, and he's taken me under his wing for the last four or five years and and it's almost like both both these men have have come into my life and then you know, not completely gone out of my life, but they've tapered off and now it's almost like they've passed the baton to me, they've passed the ball to me. You know, it's time for me to go into the world. So for me, I you know, making sense of, of what's happened, I've really got it, you know, and right now when I'm sharing this, you know, I've got sensation in my body, I've got tingles, I've got the head tingles, I've got tingles in my legs. You know, I know when I tap into that, you know, we'd like to call them goosebumps, I suppose, but, you know, to me there, there's something deeper. You know, that that's intuition giving me a little sensation to let me know that, I am joining this head and heart mind. I am making sense of what's happening. You know, and, and, and it is about loss. You know, you ask the question, you know, about loss. But what, you know, and I've really been feeling into that, what, what have I lost? And... You know, so many people feel lost when a when somebody dies or a relationship breaks up or you know, it's not just the initial person that feels the loss, it's it goes into that bigger people around us. You know, like my daughter that would be he was a big part of my daughter's my daughter's lives, you know, he was there when both of them were born, not obviously in the room with us, but he was there, he'd come visit us in the hospital. You know, so they've almost lost a, a grandfather figure. You know, but I think it's about really feeling into what these people brought in us, you know, what quality are we losing, you know, because to me every encounter, every experience has some sort of meaning. And what, 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 can, what qualities of him can I use? in my life now that he's not around any longer because obviously for me that's what I'm losing. I'm losing that person's presence or that person's wisdom or knowledge. You know, so for me it's almost, you know, if I, if I can remove the ego, if I can remove the false self from it and actually not make it about me, and make it about the bigger picture because you know, I, I believe we are all connected, you know. There's an energy there behind everything that, that connects us all, whether we call it evolution, whether we call it God, whether we call it 
a universal energy. It doesn't really matter what name you give it. You know, and, and that's that's the bigger picture for me, you know. And I'm just glad, you know, and I'll finish on this, you know, I'm, I'm just glad that, you know, I have practices now to, to get me through those stages of grief, to get me to get me going around this this cycle. You know, I, I did a deep meditation this morning and 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 my, my friend was in my thoughts, you know. And I really just wanted to send love to him and just let him know, you know. That I'm Now that I'm sad that I wasn't there in the end for him, you know, I'm sad that I didn't get to to support him through his battle. But I also know that he he would completely understand. You know, and I can write a letter, you know, I'm going to write a letter later today to him. You know, journaling is such a, it's such a powerful thing, you know, if we can really take a few deep breaths and then just put pen to paper and just do some rapid writing and just let our thoughts or our feelings come out on paper and then read them back, that can be almost as good as speaking to somebody. But we've just got to dedicate the time and, and really, but I guess it's about do we want to get well or do we want to stay stuck? You know, and that's what counselling and psychotherapy is about as well. Do you want to treat the symptom or do you want to treat the cause? You know, and I, I had enough of treating the symptom throughout my life. You know, I did 37 or 38 years of treating symptoms until I actually understood that, hang on a minute, it's almost like a game of whack-a-mole where, you know, it'll pop its head up and I'll bash it down, I'll pop its head up and I'll bash it down and you could play that game forever. You know, and that to me is symbolic of life. You know, or do I actually really understand what's actually making these things rear their heads? doesn't mean nothing will rear its head, but what it means to me is that I can understand that it's coming from a deeper place and that a lot of times what I think or how I react is exactly just a reaction. You know, it's not a respond. You know, and that's a big thing we talk about in counselling and psychotherapy. You know, learn to respond, not react. You know, and to me, if I could make sense of the sensations, I can respond. Okay, I'm feeling angry. Okay, I'm feeling sad. Okay, I'm in the bargaining phase. Okay, I'm in the acceptance phase. But what I need to realise is that I won't stay in any one of those phases forever. It'll keep moving, you know, when his birthday comes around. I'll go through another little stage. You know, and this can happen in in any part of our lives. You know, we we had the bushfires here, you know, and each the first year it came around the anniversary, everybody was panicking and there was like a lot of a lot going on in, in the area, you know. Dean, you'd know it all too well as well in, in Lake Tabari there. And there was stuff all over Facebook and people were having ceremonies and having barbecues and as the whole conversation was just around that again. And then the second year passed, the same date, New Year's Eve for us in Lake Njola, and I didn't really hear anything about it. And that, that's a good example. 
for me to show people and for me to understand that how these cycles work and how each time they go around the cycle, they get smaller and smaller. I'll probably leave it to you to close off, Dean. I'd love to hear any any thoughts you've got on on what I've said or anything that's it's really in your awareness that you can make sense of. This is a completely open-hearted response from one man to another saying thank you so much for your vulnerability and your authenticity and it, uh, it means so much to me and I'm sure to everybody else. Thanks for sharing, Chad. As always, everything that you say cuts, in other words, that resonates really, uh, really deeply. So much came up for me. Uh, one thing <laughs> I loved, you know, just generally love the fact that you actually have the Latin derivation of words like religion <laughs> to reconnect so that that felt really good for me um, and it really resonated for me to, to reconnect. And you also talked in terms of, you know, going through the grief cycle and identifying what it is um, that we would do from, and you use a different term, which I can't remember, but what we would do from the highest version of ourselves, from the best version of ourselves, And you use that, as I heard it, to create meaning or create sense from the comparative state of how we actually find ourselves being authentically as honestly as we can be with each other. And that to me strikes me as, uh, as perfect, a perfect um, point for introspection, for doing the inner work um, and to be able to do it from both sides, to be able to say to oneself in the process, in whatever process of grief and whatever it is, full stop, what is it that the, the best version of myself would do? What would it be? What would it look like or feel like or experience like uh, in the most connected version of myself? What would God do? <laughs> what would Buddha do? What would Jesus do? What would, what would the best version be like if I was to experience into that? And then hang on, let me just have a look, really good hard look, honest look, and even if I'm getting practised at it, say it out loud to another man like yourself or maybe to the heavens above or, or the, the dog sitting on the, on the doormat, say it out loud that I actually feel like I'm not as good as I'd like to be in this department. I don't feel as connected as I'd like anymore as a result of that loss. That's what I'm associating it with. Um, my association is tenuous at best, I'm imagining, because basically I've done enough inner work to know that most likely these feelings are not coming from someone else's or something else's contribution to me, but through the lack thereof, my own ability to conjure it within myself. So looking at myself doing that work and just, just basically... Um, Having, having a really good hard look and going, okay, cool, I don't feel connected actually when I'm flatlining in this experience. Uh, it was spurred by this perfect karmic unfolding of the loss of whatever it may have been, the loss of my partner. And as much as I always associated that experience of relationship with her as a pure loving experience, the fact that I'm not feeling that anymore is actually not down to her or down to whatever it is that we're experiencing the loss of. 
and grieving, it actually comes down to the fact that we haven't developed it completely within oneself. Um, so that's that's perfect because I'm not able to look into or feel into that experience of my energy without knowing what the energy, without ex, without having a sense, using that word again, of what the energy is on the flip side, um, to be religiously devoted to the completely connected concept of one and all, to unity, to wholeness, and paradoxically emptiness, but we won't go into that right now. Um, that really, really helps for me on so many levels. So I appreciate you highlighting that. That was just one stream of consciousness amongst um, just so many tributaries that went in every way. Um, let me just sit for a second and take pause for a moment and see what else just really lands before I wrap it up completely. <clears throat> Look, I just, I think to express these things in the practices that you mentioned and others, Chad, you mentioned journaling, you mentioned meditation. Um, look, I, I just talk generally to the concepts of contemplation and meditation and for both of those, if we're able to, to, to frame them as broadly and loosely as we possibly can, um, to allow whatever's right for us to, to happen again, speaking uh, to the heavens above whilst we're taking a walk outside within nature is possibly just as, if not more, beneficial than actually doing some kind of a formal calm abiding technique whatever that might be so just use what feels right use our deep intuition that is coming from the body and teaching us and guiding us continuously um, but get it out um, and that way we can actually allow that expression to be given life and then we can assess whether it's for us or not for us uh, but the contemplative process is so important. The meditative process is the sitting in as much of an open space as we possibly can to allow it to assimilate, allow it to integrate to wisdom. I mentioned at the very beginning introduction as I was watching the sun rise in the background beyond the top of my desktop computer screen here, uh, that this morning I had a realisation with direct reference to, to the sun as I saw the sun rise over the bank of clouds on the horizon um, to the east here. And that was with respect to connection. I um, I realised that basically I, I very much, like all of us, love that essence of emanating light orbs that we are. And I, like the rest of us, love it when that emanating orb of light comes into my life and decides to to stay in my life and to continue shining their love and light in my life. And then, of course, it's a really simple little sense, sensible step of logic to go, well, hang on, I'm one of those shining emanating orbs of light as well. And as that sun rose, it was just a really simple gesture, simple to oneself, as now my dog in the background decides to say this is enough, um, that we can always shine from within and sometimes it's okay to turn down the dimmer a little bit as well and honour that through our process. Um, so this is with the dimmer just being turned down a notch, signing out. I have so much love and gratitude for you, Chad, and for everyone out there listening. I just hope that your love and light is emanating in exactly the right frequency that's authentically where you're at so that it can be met with everything that we need to continue expanding. I'm Dean Dampany. You can find me 
on my naturemind.com.au site. I've got Chad Taylor, he's holistic therapist.com.au. I got that wrong, didn't I, Chad? Do you want to chime in for a second? Tell me what it is. Holistic. It's holisticapproach.com.au. From Lake Conjola, I'm in Lake Tabarra, both on the South Coast of New South Wales, Australia, and uh, podcast number 17, shining out with a gradual dim. See you later. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Dane. Big love.